This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty. What's going on, everybody? My name is Smitty from the Fantasy Football Show, and you're listening to a live Spotify uh, podcast replay that uh, you guys can be a part of by just DMing me on Instagram at the Fantasy Football Show, and I'll give you all the details. But this right here, I'm sending right now, copying the link, and I'm sending it to an exclusive group that I have, uh, an exclusive group chat on Instagram, and I send this link to this live show, to this group of people. And if you want in on that, all you got to do is DM me on Instagram and say, hey, Spitty, I want to be a part of your live show that you do your audio podcast here on Spotify Green Room, and I'll give you all the details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply you into the the speaking role and you can hear your voice on this podcast on the replay on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast you will hear this show replay probably within 24 hours jordan's in the chat jordan if you have a question let me know in the chat or if you want to raise your hand and come up and speak for a second i'll toss you up here and you can ask it as well uh what's up mike i wanted to talk about joe burrow and really whatever you guys want to talk about in a very short podcast here today. But Joe Burrow is starting to climb my rankings. Not that he's not already, already super high, but he's starting to climb like even higher. And, and I think that, you know, when I break down today, I had to break down what's up dollar bill. I had to break down my top five running back or quarterbacks, running backs and wide receivers in a, in a discussion with somebody. And when I started talking about my top five dynasty QBs, I really, really struggled to keep Burrow out of that top five. And I ultimately ended up like I usually do when I talk about top five quarterbacks for the dynasty and, you know, for, for 2021 and beyond dynasty, I usually leave the five, six, seven, a little open-ended because you can make arguments for Trevor Lawrence there, Zach Wilson, um, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Like it, it really does depend on, on how you view a lot of those guys for the now and the future. Like guys like Lamar Jackson, of course, I rank in my top four or five for the now, but I do worry about his running and, and the likelihood of him breaking down a little bit quicker than the average quarterback because he runs over 150 times per season. Joe Burrow, I think I'm just going to do it. I think I'm just putting Joe Burrow into my top five. I'm putting him at number five. Of course, I got Mahomes at one or Josh Allen at one. You really could flip those two if you wanted. But Mahomes and Josh Allen, my one and two. And then it's hardcore tear break. I love Justin Herbert. I love Kyler Murray. Um, I, you know, I do have interest in Lamar in that range. I like the rookie class a lot. And, I, and no, I don't include Fields in there. I think Fields could be a top, you know, 10 to 15 quarterback in the NFL, but I don't see him as a top five. Eventual, now, whenever. No, I, I just don't see it with Fields. I could be wrong if I change my tune. 
I will certainly let everybody know. But what's up, Dom? But I don't. What's up, Robert? I just don't have fields there. So for me, for those of you just joining here in, in the chat, and if you have a question, raise your hand, and I'll vault you up, and you can speak real quick. Uh, again, guys, this pod will replay on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Everywhere you get your pod, podcast, it'll be replaying within about 24 hours or less. And if you're listening to the replay and you want to be involved in these shows, make sure you DM me on Instagram at the Fantasy Football Show. But here's my top five Dynasty QBs. And, yes, Lamar is not in the top five. doesn't mean he's not six, seven right there. But if it's, if it's Dynasty, it's Mahomes and Allen, Allen, Mahomes, whoever you want to rank that. Tear break, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, and then literally, you know, I don't even know if I tear break that or soft tear break it, but it's Burrow. It's Burrow and Dak. It's Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. You could even argue Trey Lance if he gets in there. Like, I'm not saying to draft Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or Justin or uh, Trevor Lawrence in that five, six range because you probably don't have to but when when push comes to shove and i'm ranking these guys it's really hard for me to keep burrow out of the top five um burrow or herbert though i you know i go herbert herbert's my number three in all formats redraft and dynasty and i know what that means i i know what that's bold but i'm not i'm not drafting herbert number three if i don't have to in a a uh, redraft setting he typically falls to like five or six. He could fall to the sixth round. So, of course, I'm going to take full advantage of that every chance I can, you know, take advantage of it. So, Herbert's my three quietly, and I take full advantage. This means Mixon should go up in the rankings. You know, Mike, I, I hear you, and I do give Mixon a lot of wiggle room this year that I didn't give him last year because I think the offense will move the football down the field. They'll get in scoring position more often. They'll move the chains more often, high scoring game. Um, Mixon's certainly going to have the opportunity to do well. What it's going to come down to for Mixon is will he stay healthy? And I get that most people will say, you know, he's fine. He'll be, he'll be good to go. He's not an injury prone guy, but I mean, you can make an argument that he is. You can make an argument that Mixon is an injury an injury worry. You know, he's been banged up a lot through his career. He's been asked to do a whole lot with a very with very little. He was asked to to you know hit eight man front after eight man front and and see disgusting uh, defensive schemes headed his way because the Bengals couldn't move the football. Like there's a lot of a lot of wear and tear that's gone on too. It's not just hey now is the time things are going to open up. I worry about Mixon staying healthy. So it's not just that if the offense does good, Mixon has to do good. I do factor in that that injury concern. But I will say, bro, I'm not opposed to Mixon this year like I was last year and the year prior. And and I, you know, I I believe he busted two years in a row. A lot of people say he, he didn't in 2019 because he finished like 10 or 11. But he still failed the entire first half of the season. Much like Lamar Jackson busted last year, even though he ended up finishing strong, and helping a lot of people down the stretch, people that traded for him midseason, it, they made out like bandits. People that drafted Lamar Jackson to start weeks one, two, three, four, they completely, you know, missed the playoffs or, or were in a huge hole because of Lamar. So it's all how you look at whether a player, you know, busts on you or not based on how he finishes. It could, could be how he, you know, played all year long. 
that could affect that. So Mixon in the third round, I'm not opposed to that. But if Mixon's climbing back into the, the second round, which he is in some cases, it depends who you draft with, I'm out. I'm just not taking Joe Mixon when there are so many better options there like DK Metcalf, you know, cross position here, Ridley, um, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Antonio Gibson. You know, these are all better options than Mixon, in my opinion. Not that Mixon can't do as well. I'm Again, I, I'm admitting that an opened-up offense is really, really good for Mixon. But it just comes down to, you You know, you're, you're, you're considering the injury risk as well and the fact that he's been, you know, overworked for a while with no help. Keep in mind, Todd Gurley, like, Todd, part of re- the reason Todd Gurley fell off so quickly is because if you remember the year that the, the, the Rams blew, like he had a good year, then he had that one year where the Rams just sucked. Todd Gurley was asked to do too much. He got stuffed at the line of scrimmage constantly. He faced eight-man front after eight-man front. He got abused and had a pretty mediocre season. And it was the next year that he bounced back and had a huge year. And and that season prior, though, really took a lot out of him. It shortened his career. Like Mixon's, Mixon's faced a lot. He's He's been pounded into the ground. And, he, and that's why I, I fear injury, even if he's coming into 2021, let's say, fully healthy into week one, which, you know, we still got a lot a lot of time left in pads and stuff for, for guys to get nicked up. But if he starts, you know, week one healthy, I'm still worried about him, you know. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He's giving, he's going to get so some golden opportunities. If he doesn't do well this year, he'll be off my draft boards forever. Well, I think. Part, part of my point, bro, is I, I really believe he's going to, you know, he's got one or two years left anyway. Like, he'll be off your draft board anyway because he's not a young running back in terms of mileage, in terms of usage, in terms of seasons played. Like, you get a three-, four-, five-year shelf life now. And, and you know, especially at his usage, he has been used. So I would say he's got – I would say he's got one year left and then maybe a second year that he could, you know, play half a season productively. You know, the the one guy I keep talking about that I feel like, you know, yes, it could it could burn me in a sense talking about this a year early. But with Derrick Henry, the one thing people need to keep in mind with Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry is going to start off on fire. Derrick Henry absolutely has shown no signs of drop off and he's coming out of 2020 just on fire. And I, I'm so concerned about him, though, because the mileage is huge. What does this mean? This means if, you know, I'm at six and he fell to me, I probably would take him. But you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to trade the man before week 10 or 11. Because by the time he hits weeks 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that range, he will have amassed 1,000 carries within the last two point like seven five seasons. So if you take into consideration over just just the last two years, Derrick Henry has 700-plus carries over the last two years. 303 carries in 2019, 400-plus in 2020, 
That is 700-plus carries he's had in two years. You give him a full season, he will be well over 1,000 total carries. And I just don't see how Derrick Henry is going to breach the 1,000 carry mark and just continue to keep trucking. At, at, at not not overall 1,000. I'm talking about within within a three under a three year period, he will have 1,000 carries under a, a under a, a three year played season mark. Like, if there's not a reason to say, hey, I know I'm jumping early, but holy crap, like this feels scary. It's it's this situation. Like, I I get I could be one year early. But there's no way he continues to to do this for multiple years. It is potentially one year. And maybe he drops off at like the very end. Like he's looking sluggish but still gets a couple touchdowns. And it doesn't affect his fantasy value, but you see it. You're like, oh, God, he's kind of like running in mud right here. Like that could happen. And you could be completely safe. And he could be a monster all year. You could win your championship. You could not lose a single thing. You see drop off, but he gets production. Like that could happen, like for sure. I'm I'm admitting it right now. There's a percentage chance. Um, he's turning 25 and has missed some time. I think he's got a, a lot of tread left. But bro, Gurley is 25. Like that 25 doesn't matter anymore. It used to be 30. I hear your I hear your point, Mike, and and you could be right. He could have two years left. But age doesn't matter anymore. It's it, it's a factor, and it can be you know, an ultimate determination. Like you could be 30 and be done, but you could also be 25 and be just as done. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely mileage usage. How much time have you been starting at the NFL getting beaten down? And, and now you can be 26 and fall off the face of the earth, 25 fall off the face of the earth. It's just different. It depends on when you started, depends on how much mileage you had in college. There's a lot of factors involved, but, I don't look at how old a running back is at all. Zero anymore. Look at Mike Davis. He's 28. Like there's no way Mixon's playing elite football at 28 in my view, but, but, but Mike Davis can, but Mike Davis isn't going to play elite football for five years. His shelf life isn't four to five years because that age does come into effect. Your body naturally can't do the same things at, at 32 years old at a running back position that it can at 29, even if you haven't had the mileage, it's just the way it is. But, but I think that that's one component you got to look at. You also have to look at what's that running back endured up to whatever age it is. And and it's weird because like, Mike, I hear you, man, I've been playing fantasy football longer than anybody I've ever encountered because I've been playing for, um, God, like the night, you know, early, early nineties and um, bro, Emmett, LaDainian Tomlinson, Marshall Falk, like these guys played a long time and, you know, you ask yourself, is it the speed of the game? Is it the size of everyone's muscles and their frame? Because ligaments don't grow no matter how strong you get, your ligament stays the same. There's more torque on your ligaments um, than there used to be or on players because they're just stronger, faster, training harder. Um, it's, it's a more aggressive game in some sense. Some would say that it's more aggressive back in the day. And, and some of that's true too. Like when you're in a pile back in the day, 
uh, there'd be linemen that when the plays, the whistle's blown and the play's dead, there'd be like a defensive lineman that would just reach into the pile and start grabbing fingers and just start breaking them. <laughs> and that's the way it used to be. So I'm not saying that it wasn't rough back then, but you could argue that the NFL is much tougher to stay healthy um, and than it used to be. And, 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 I, and there's, like I said, the size difference of these guys, the training, every, everything has just gotten, you know, amplified. So you got to ask yourself, is that why players are getting hurt? What's, what is the reason players don't like, like running backs like Thomas and don't last anymore at the NFL level? Is it the way they're used? Um, we certainly could, you know, dig into that and try and find the answer, but I, I you know, I don't know that there is a single uh, solid, solid answer for that, but, but you just don't see it anymore. Like there, there will be probably no more Ladanian Tomlinson's. I suppose someone could sneak by. Somebody will be built a special way. I don't think it's a, a 250 plus pound guy in Derrick Henry that's six four. That's not going to be the guy that sneaks by and has the the frame that can withstand it. If anything, Derrick Henry's frame worries me for a, uh, uh, definitely a sudden drop off. Like I don't know that he'll be somebody that gradually drops off. I think he'll be somebody that completely hits a wall. Because Eddie George did. Eddie George one day looked like he was elite. He was a beast. I don't know if any of you watched Eddie George play, but then snap of a finger, the man just hit a wall. But even he played more seasons. So, you know, it's not an easy topic. And predicting injury is not an easy business. And I certainly could be a year early. And I run that risk because I'd rather be a year early, especially for you guys and giving you advice than be a year late. And I'm careful with it, too. I'm not telling you don't draft Derrick Henry. I'm telling you, if Derrick Henry falls into your lap and there's no way you can avoid drafting him, and that happens to me. I've mock drafted him a ton. I have him in one dynasty league. If Derrick Henry falls into your lap at, you know, six overall, seven overall, five over, you know, I, I think five's still a little high. There's some guys I'd rather have. But if he fell to me at six, seven overall, I would take him. I would ride the horse for a little bit, then I'd trade the horse. Because I, I don't want to be holding him in week 13, 14, 15. I just feel like he's going to drop off. He's going to potentially hit that wall when he hits 1,000 total carries in less than three seasons played over just the last three seasons. Um, as for Burrow, Mike, um, and Mike, trust your gut, man. Trust your gut on Mixon. Kyler, what's up? Trust your gut on, on all these guys. You know, use me as a guide. If you're on the fence, but don't let me influence you. Don't let anybody influence you out of your gut instinct. Because you know what, Mike? You know what, Kyler? And everybody else listening? I'm wrong on a ton of things. We all are. No one's even close to 75% on all of the predictions that they they spit out there. Especially when you do a show like mine where you're cranking out thousands and thousands of things a year. Like people hang on to one or two things that I say or do. Like, oh my God, you like Kenyon Drake last year. Like you idiot. <laughs> It's like you think I'm gonna land everything, and 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 Mike Mixon could be the thing I miss, bro. He could be easily one of the things I miss. So don't let anybody talk you out of any prediction that your gut screams this is it, this is it. Because you know what? What's gonna happen a year from now? You're gonna sit here and go, God, I should have never listened to him about, about Mixon. And every other good thing I did, you're not gonna care about. <laughs> you're just gonna focus, hyper focus on the fact that I didn't like Mixon and he did well. So trust your gut. Always trust your gut, fellas. And um, I would like to know before we go, who loves Burrow um, down below? Put it in the chat. Raise your hand if you want to speak real quick. Yeah, I had Mixon last year, so it's tough to take him 
in mock, says Kyler. Yeah, I mean, I Mixon two years in a row is disappointed whether he did well at the end of 2019 or not. He flat out busted for half a season. And so, Kyler, Kyler, what do you got um, for me, bro? Yeah, so uh, so Joe Burrow, I don't know if I love Burrow, but Burrow's going pretty late. And, uh, I mean, he's got so many receivers. He's got a floor to me. Um, it's just tough because that offensive line is still so bad that he, you know, there's always risk for another injury, and he's still coming off a pretty severe one. But I'm definitely not fading Burrow, you know? Yeah, but you know what people don't realize, man, is is how much Jamar Chase is going to help that offensive line produce. Mm-hmm. Because everything – everyone – I can't tell you how many people, like, balk at that idea. Like, you can't – Jamar Chase doesn't fix the offensive line. Like, Jamar Chase does. I even told that to a former NFL coach who even balked at it, at the idea. Even though he agreed that Jamar Chase was the best pick to make. But but I had the Hugh Jackson on, former Browns coach. And and when I said those words, he's like, no, no, no. You can't fix an offensive line. Yes, you can. Like, I, we're on different pages with it. But I, I don't care if he's a former head coach or not. I've still been doing this 19 years myself. We have different perspectives. I'm not always going to agree with everybody. But when you draft a guy like Jamar Chase and he stretches the field – and what he does is he creates a quicker release for Burrow. Burrow was in the bottom five in the NFL when he held onto the football for four seconds or more. He was in the top, I think, five to seven or somewhere around that range. Don't quote me on that exact number, but I think it was top five in completion percentage when he got rid of the football in two seconds or less. So every everything is really a, revolves around quick release and and how long you're holding onto the football. The fact that, you know, they got they, they've got pieces coming back. Yes, they didn't address the offensive line like I had hoped in the draft. They really had an opportunity in that second round to scoop up a bunch of, you know, Cosby type guys. Leatherwood went early, but those type of guys were available in the second round in a very deep, you know, offensive skill position and defensive draft that made offensive linemen fall. It was a beautifully set up scenario to take Jamar Chase, ignore all the haters on that pick that said you had to go offensive line. You didn't. They did jack up the second round and didn't do as well as I I expected. But I think Jamar Chase being added alone is going to make this offensive line and Joe Burrow more efficient, like, immediately, like, to a degree you can't even measure. And so a good offense, uh, offense moving the football down the field, is an amazing cure or mask for a bad offensive line. And I know because when 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 uh, Kurt Warner came to Arizona, we had an awful offensive line. But his quick release, the spread out offense, you couldn't even tell. It was like no one even knew what had happened to the line. It just got magically better, you know. So like I I think the people I think people are going to be really surprised at how good this offense is, and how no one's talking about bad offensive line the way they are now about the Bengals in twenty twenty one in hindsight, but. Um, do you like Jamar Chase? Uh, yeah, I do like Jamar Chase. It's tough ranking the Bengals receivers because, I mean, like, T. Higgins showed a lot of flashes last year, especially when Burrow was actually on the field. And Tyler Boyd's like the safe guy with Chase is coming in with the connection to Burrow. So it's tough, but I do uh, like Jamar Chase. What Mike asked in the, in the chat was if you would draft Chase or Lamb. I would personally take Lamb just because he's actually, like, established, you know, and I think – I mean, he's guaranteed to me to be the number uh, two receiver on the team, whereas Chase, it's a little more of a question as far as uh, people taking away targets. But uh, I do like Jamar Chase more than uh, most typical rookie wide receivers. 
Yeah, definitely over most typical rookie wide receivers, he's going to have a Justin Jefferson type of season, whether it's 1,100 and, you know, uh, or 1,100 yards instead of 1,400, you know, and then he has mm-hmm. like 12 TDs, 11 TDs versus Jefferson's, you know, seven TDs. But like in the end, it's going to be that big of a season for a rookie wide receiver, which is going to pose the question to people every year like, oh my God, Justin Jefferson, top 10 wide receiver, Jamar Chase. Top, let's say he finishes number seven or six, which he could, he totally could. Then, out of all wide receivers in 2021, then what happens to rookie wide receiver drafting? Are people going to be and, and and then what happens if it you don't get the same result one year? People are going to not know where to draft wide receivers <laughs> that are rookies heading yeah. into the future. But I do think they're a different breed now. I think even Devonte Smith is going to look like extremely. Uh, polished and 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 good, and he could be a wide receiver two in fantasy. But you will definitely want to draft him as a wide receiver three. But to answer that question, Lamb versus Chase, like if I have to pick two, and this is a shocking answer, it's not supposed to be, you know, something that you're like, yeah, yeah, I totally see that. It's supposed to be shocking. If I had to pick two guys that are never ranked number one for wide receivers or even close to it that could finish number one, it's Lamb. Number one overall for all wide receivers. I'm not saying to expect it. I'm just saying if I had to like dig deep and shock someone, it's CeeDee Lamb, it's Justin Jefferson. Jefferson's a lot less, you know, shocking. But but I think these two guys are the most capable of one calendar year from today, you going, Oh yeah, yeah, that guy that guy's definitely in the top one to five. You know what I mean? Like he's there I think Lamb's that good. But that doesn't mean Chase isn't going to be right there. You know, like one to Lamb's in my one to six, but I draft him as a high end wide receiver too. Like I take Lamb as late as I can. Lamb going in the fourth round, money. Lamb going in the late third round. I, I obviously I'm upset I'm not getting him in the fourth round, but I would pay late third round value if I had to. And, and the players weren't falling in a way that I felt like I could get, you know, great value from another position. So I would take Lamb there. Um, so just to speak to like, I'm not expecting him to be the number one to five wide receiver. I'm drafting him in the late third, but preferably fourth round. Jamar Chase and redraft. It's like, do you take him in the fifth? Do you take him in the sixth? Do you, can you even get him in the sixth? Like, yeah, I don't even know where you, you could suggest to pick him because he kind of goes all over the map. Redraft dynasty. There's like no real solid concrete ADP feel for Jamar Chase because people are just, it depends who you're talking to, you know, like where's mm-hmm. the earliest you'd take them if you had to guess. Uh, it, it's tough. There's just so many wide receivers that I think, I think like you were saying, I think sixth is where I'd feel comfortable taking them. Um, yeah. Cause you're talking about like, that's where Javonta Williams is going anyway. Yeah. That's where other guys that are like, you know, they're not, they're, they've got lots of upside, Mike Davis, but you know, you could take a, you could feel good taking a chance on any one of those guys. Whereas, like, you start throwing Jamar Chase into like the, you know, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a J.K. Dobbins range. It's like, no, man, you you can't yeah. you can't do that. You, you can do you can get him in another, another league versus forcing it. You know, I always tell people do enough leagues to where you're not like bored and you you don't even know who to root for, but you do enough leagues to where one injury can't take out all of your teams. Um, you can try different approaches, 
and you don't force yourself to go early on a player because it's your only dra- draft you want to own them. You know what I mean? Like, like Jam- I have to have Jamar Chase. I have to. It's my only league. I'm taking him in the fifth, fourth round. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if you do enough leagues, you can be patient and let guys slip by that you want and say, I got him in another league. It's okay. Uh, diversifying is a really good thing. No, I completely agree. I'm going to be in, I think, four fantasy leagues as of right now, maybe more. But, um, yeah, I don't like being in a spot where I have to force guys. And Jamar Chase is one of them. I love Jamar Chase as a prospect. Um, I think, to me, for fantasy, he's by far the best fantasy uh, rookie receiver for this season specifically. I don't love the Mm -hmm. landing spots for everyone else to produce year one. But, um, yeah, chasing the six is probably where I'd go with that. Yeah. All right, big man. I appreciate you jumping up here. This this show will re- replay on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like anybody listening to the replay now. This was a live show. If you want to be a part of it, you can just DM me on Instagram, the Fantasy Football Show on IG. So DM me on Instagram, and I'll get you what you the information you need to get into these live uh, audio shows that we're doing here. All right, Kyler, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you too, man. All right, guys, take it easy. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty.